Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And uh, we have some breaking news. Uh, we, we last did the trade uh, deadline, as we talked about, and now we're back. Uh, obviously, the Ducks, uh, we have a bunch of games to cover and everything. But I don't know if you guys are, have been aware. Eddie's been uh, posting some selfies of himself on the Internet, and this guy is losing weight like crazy. So he's going to start a new company. And if you have weight loss uh, you know, goals... Eddie can help you, but no, no, seriously. So, so Eddie didn't start a new company, but Eddie has really been on a tear, losing weight. We also have a sponsor that's related to it as well. So, Eddie, you have trimmed down before we get into the show and the ducks. Tell everybody what's going on with you lately. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you for that, Mike. That that was a that was a nice little pumping the tires right there. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, I got tired the way I just got tired of, of being how I looked. I got tired of seeing that reflection in the mirror. I actually was seriously tired of trying to go up the stairs and do my laundry and being out of breath and wanted to just to make a change and I wanted to lose that weight and I don't know I just kind of being that lockdown and just having to face myself every single day and not having distractions and the drinking every single day just to kind of like to, to ignore the distractions it just got old after a while I just got tired of it so I wanted to make a, a big change and I figured the best thing to do is just to get in the gym and and, and just go forward and lose the weight I wanted to lose. My goal was to, to go under 200, but then I wanted to go to 185. And I, I, I slightly, like, I think 185 for me, it's a little too small. I, I was happy at 190, especially with the muscle I put on. But it's just like I said, I wanted to hit that goal of 185, so I really had to do it. And I finally hit the goal just on Sunday, which was cool. And I like to weigh myself after I eat and after I, I drink all my water. Because I want a little bit to be a little bit more heavier on the weight scale, because it's a digital one and not the one at the gym, so it gives you more kind of an accurate reading. But yeah, I, I appreciate that, Mike. I put in a lot of work into it, uh, a ton of work. I was doing things I was told not to do by my trainers about the amount of times I'd have to work out. Sometimes I'd be at the gym three day, three times a day, um, and I I got injured a few times, but it, it just didn't let it stop me. I just took painkillers and went to the gym and. And just kept going until I reached my goal. And it feels good to to set that big of a goal and accomplish it. And now it's just I can make new goals and, and know I can accomplish them. But I, I did use a lot of the our uh, with Ducks and Pucks were ambassadors with our uh, bucked up the, their pro their uh, products. The pre workout really helped me a lot because there's some days where my body's just completely trashed. Everything hurts. I can't even get out of bed. But I take the pre workout and it gives me that spunk and that motivation to get up and go. And I use this thing called heat, it's a thermogenic fat burner. It makes you sweat, but it kind of helps you burn the fat too. So like all those products, it really helped me just to be the best I could be and, and, and help me with my training. So I'm glad I I'm glad I got the goal and I just feel more at peace, not just with my the way I look, but just you know, mentally too, like that spiritually too. It just it makes me feel better about myself that number one, I did lose all that weight, but then I did accomplish a goal that I said I, I set out to, especially with the weird pandemic and everything going on to accomplish something so big, I think I can take on the world right now. 
No, I mean, kudos to you, man. That's fantastic. And uh, for those of you out there, don't forget to check out buckedup.com. Use Ducks and Pucks 93 for a big-ass discount there uh, as well. I mean, it's fantastic that you're able to do that. I know I joked about starting a side company or whatever, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of people struggle with, you know, a lot of things going on uh, in the last year and a half, as you talked about. Uh, for me, it was the same thing, trying to lose weight and get back down and cut things you know it's just tough when you're at home and you're you're eating you know crappy food or you're drinking too much or whatnot so it's fantastic so i just want to start off the show a little differently this time give you some kudos uh i know we're gonna hang out uh, this coming weekend when the ducks play the kings they're gonna play them four times this week which we'll talk a little bit about the on the show and the other games so i'm not gonna recognize you. you're probably gonna be wearing your ducks jersey it's gonna be all super baggy on you eddie Oh yeah, you know it's funny. I, I was trying on some of my jerseys, and they're really they feel bigger. Like I, I I bought a couple large ones, and they fit a little better. But even those are kind of big. But I, I like wearing that my my hockey jersey is a little bit bigger. But hopefully it's not too big. And I just got to figure out which jerseys to wear for the games. That's going to be important to me because I haven't been to a game in over a year. So, but I, I'm actually looking forward to hanging out with you though. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to hang out with you. Finally see you. It's been been over a year a year and a month now since i've seen you and hopefully we can see a another hat trick in that game and and get a couple wins when we go those back-to-back games yeah you're right i mean it's been weird it's been a while since we've hung out and uh yeah we're gonna have to coordinate our jerseys and whatnot uh I know you were joking. I wore my my Wild Wing one the other night because they had the retro uh, night. But we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get it going, and uh, it'll be some good times. And uh, I was able to make some of these last games too, which we'll talk about. Unfortunately, they're all against Vegas, and you all know what happened in those games. But uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, the Ducks after the trade deadline did beat San Jose in a couple games. We'll briefly go over that. We have some injury news on uh, Silverberg. Uh, possible retirement news with Bacchus. I also have a special guest. I have Ken from Sin Bin Vegas. He comes on here to talk about uh, what's going on uh, between the uh, the Ducks and, and Vegas and how they basically own us. We, we all know that. So we, we talk about that, but we also talk about the Lanier situation as well, which Eddie and I will discuss. So there's plenty to talk about on this show. I was kind of surprised because Eddie and I joked after the last one, we thought, Maybe we should just do a show at the end of the season because not a whole lot was going to happen. And actually, there's plenty of news that happened. Even around the league, there's some stuff we got to cover. Oh, and of course, Zegris is back up with the Ducks, right? Uh, just in time to play the Kings, you know, four games in a row. So we'll go into all of that. So let's pick up. We'll, we'll cover the games real quick and then dive into all these other topics. Uh, tons of stuff to go into. But after the trade deadline or deadline, as we talked about, and, and of course not a whole lot happened. If you do want to hear about our ranting and raving, you can listen to the last show. But the Ducks then faced San Jose uh, two times. They actually went with Stolars in net. The Ducks won these games, and, and the Ducks have had some success against San Jose. Uh, they ended up uh, beating them 4-0 and 4-1. to Stolars almost had two complete shutouts. Uh, he saved uh, 46 stops in the first game and then 27 of 28 in the second game. Uh, just amazing play by him and the Ducks. Um, I don't know what it is with this team, but uh, you know, San Jose's obviously been struggling. But the Ducks, uh, they played well against the Sharks in these two games, Eddie. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they finally took advantage of a team that's, that's kind of in that, that bottom standing, too. And I think it's worse for the Sharks because they paid a lot of money 
to get some of the players they did get, uh, superstar players that just haven't performed to the the best of their ability. So that was good to see. And I, I don't know if you recall the last podcast, I, I probably two podcasts ago, Mike, when I said I wanted the Ducks to at least beat San Jose those two games, beat LA one game, and definitely beat LA the, the games that me, you and I are going to be at. So hopefully they're on the way to to doing that right now. They already beat the Sharks those two games. Hopefully they beat LA once this week and then the two back-to-back games this weekend. So that will be cool. And that if, if they do what I ask on the podcast, I'd, I'd really appreciate that. And I would stop bashing Murray for a week if they actually accomplish that. But no, it was fun to see these games. The Ducks played like a different team, it seemed like. Yeah, they took advantage of another bottom dweller, but they just they looked good. And it gave you some some kind of motivation for what they can become next season if, if they really come out firing like that and be that team that we, we hope they can be. Um, the new guy coming in, uh, almost getting the Hattie. It, it's, I still don't know like what I think about him, but I like the way he's been playing. He seems like he's playing better over here in Anaheim, and hopefully he continues to tread that way. I don't think he's going to be a, a, a top player material, but uh, solidify a bottom six role and to produce just you know in that consistent basis will be good for him. But yeah, those were fun games to watch. San Jose, they irritate me. They irritate everybody. So that was a good back-to-back wins for them. Yeah, the Ducks came out strong in that first game. You had Comtois scoring in the first two minutes. Uh, Volkov, as you mentioned, he had two goals in the first period of that first contest. Almost a hat trick a couple different times in that game. He actually scored in the second game as well. I, I mean, he's really it turned it on uh, for the Ducks. We talked about you know when they traded for him, and we had you know uh, some good feeling for him coming to the team, but we didn't think it was going to be this good. And uh, he, he loves playing the Sharks because he was scoring against them in both these games. Uh, Stolar's record 46 saves in that first game, which beat the previous record by Jonas Hiller, which, uh, by the way, is my wife's like favorite goalie on the Ducks ever. She, she, for some reason, she always loved Jonas Hiller, uh, who set the, the record before in 2010. Uh, Dominic Roussel set it in 1998. Uh, and now you have Solars with this 46 saves in one game uh, for a shutout. Uh, crazy. Just you know, phenomenal. And then he almost had a shutout in the second game. Um, so, I, I mean, I love these games. Like you said, the, the, you wanted the Ducks to beat the Sharks, Eddie. And they went out and did that in both these games. I mean, they got out shot badly in the first game. Um, Stolars with a phenomenal shutout. Uh, the shots were obviously more even in the second game. The Ducks got a power play goal. Good Lord, you know, you know what is that anymore in Anaheim? Uh, you know, obviously it was at the end of the game, but still they got a power play goal and they jumped out on the Sharks early in game two as well with Grant and Getzlov also, uh, you know, chipping in on these two. So, uh, you know, happy to see this, especially after the trade deadline. You're all upset. Ducks didn't do shit, right? We all know. And then they come out and win these two games, Eddie. Yeah, I just, I guess I, I guess we need it. We we need it sometimes, especially uh, coming up, knowing we're gonna play teams like Vegas. We're gonna play teams like St. Louis coming up, and even Minnesota uh, to end it off that in April or in May. The, the, those are gonna be some hard teams to play against. Teams that are ready, uh, gearing up for a playoff run. They're gonna want to fine tune some of the stuff they do. So it, it's good to see those little wins. I, I'm still. I guess my mentality a little bit changed at this point of the season and where the Ducks are going. And we'll discuss more about the fan poll you put out. But at, at times, it's like I don't want to see these wins. But then when they get the wins, I'm kind of happy. Like, okay, that's cool that they got the win. 
and, and that's good to see that being a Ducks fan. But then I'm thinking like, man, if if they continue to win, they're gonna go up in the standings, and then what? Come you know, come the draft, we're gonna get a fifth overall, sixth overall, when we could have possibly got maybe a first overall pick. And that, that's what I'm really hoping and, and gearing for. Yeah, we have a poll question that's almost dead even on that. We'll talk uh, about that a little bit later in the show. But like you said, the Ducks beat the Sharks. Then they had Vegas three out of the next four games and then the Kings for one game. And, uh, man, I, you know, I, I was able to get tickets to these games. We we gave away uh, some tickets as well to one of the games. And... Uh, Man, just frustration. I, I mean, I was I was happy that fans were able to go back uh, to the stadium. It was awesome to see the Ducks uh, play in person at Honda Center that first game against Vegas. Obviously, they lost that game, got shut out, uh, you know, for nothing, which was not great. The um, first period in that game, was, uh, the first of these three, was, uh, you know, it was slow, not a lot happening. And then, of course... William Carlson scores right away in the second period. Uh, you know, Vegas gets another goal by Stevenson. Then a late goal at the end of the period. They're up 3 nothing, And this game is pretty much over. And the Ducks get outshot 51-16 to in this game. And, uh, man, just, you know, Gibson was back in net. He made 47 saves. Um, but, God, man, I, I don't know what happened to this team. I mean, they had played so well against San Jose, and now we talk about the Knights who, they've played well against the Ducks since they've come into the league, and, and I mean, God, this game, Eddie, I was so happy to go in person and watch, you know, for the first time since the last game you and I went to, um, you know, last season, and uh, God, I mean, the Ducks just laid an egg in this one. Yeah, it, it was just, it was bad. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. Then I, I thought it would be more energized because of their fans. They looked terrible. They looked flat. They didn't. I, I don't know what was going on with them. It just. Uh, it, it was just a terrible game. Yeah, I get it. They're playing Vegas, and Vegas is one of those teams. And I love this about them. They are not going to back down at all. They're top of the standings. They already secured their playoff spot. They're going to be a playoff team, but they don't hold back. They want that President's Trophy. They want as many points as they can. I, I, I bet if they were locked in as the President's Trophy winners, they'd still play hard and still just come at you and that, that running gun offense. And of course, of course, the former Ducks always has to contribute to the Ducks' loss. But I really felt bad for all the fans in attendance. Like, you have your fans there and you play that shitty. Like, that, that wasn't fair. That was just a... A terrible price to pay. I, I think I think the Ducks should just if, uh, issued a refund to every fan in attendance uh, for that performance or lack of performance, I should say. Yeah, it was frustrating. Uh, the other part is that uh, if you've gone to the games or you want to go, um, unfortunately, you can't really do anything at the games. You have to kind of sit at your seat and wear your mask. They do have a section outside where you can go get water and soda. But that's about it. There's no regular food, no alcohol or anything like that. So that's that's kind of what you're stuck with. It is kind of cool because you can go to the game and you don't have to worry about parking. You don't really have to worry about waiting in line to get in. So those are some positives. Um, they have a lot of the seats uh, basically kind of roped off. So they spread out everybody uh, and, and you can only sit in certain sections. So some there are some positives to it, but yeah, that that game was oh my god, it was just like really guys, come on, you can't even get one goal. 
so that was very frustrating. And then the Sunday game, the uh, the second time they played, they they lost that one five to two. They actually had a decent start. You had Comtois again scoring. He's been like the one shining light for the Ducks this season. Uh, I actually took my dad. My he, you know he hasn't gone in like forever to a game, and um, we were cracking up because. Uh, just going back and you know the time you all know that my mom passed away and he and I were talking about going back uh, in the mighty duck days and, and the way we parked and came in and doing stuff and it was it was good he and I had a, a good time I'm glad they at least scored a couple goals for him <laughs> that game uh, you know early game right it was early afternoon game on Sunday but uh, yeah the ducks came up short in this one too I, I mean I, I thought you know maybe they'd had a have a chance uh, in this game. Uh, but I think part of the thing was that late power play goal in the second period by uh, Stone kind of did it in. I mean, you had Heinen actually getting a goal in this game too. Ducks were you know down three to two in the middle of that. They actually outshot Vegas in this game, thirty-five uh, to twenty-nine. Um, Vegas did get a, that that power play goal, like I said, and it, it seemed like once that happened. Uh, the Ducks just didn't have an answer in the third period. Uh, I was happy to see him play better, but you know, Eddie, the result was still another loss. Yeah, but like, for, like for them losing this game, they did play a, a hell of a lot better. It's a, a complete one eighty from the last game, so it, you can't really be too upset about that. Yeah, you're you're there watching the game in person. You want to see that that W as well as all the other fans, but they didn't play too bad, and, and they pretty much played a full game except that 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 third period where it seemed they kind of kind of broke off a little bit and kind of accepted defeat before the game was even over. But it, I guess you can't really can't complain losing to a team like Vegas. They're, a, they're a, a, a team you're supposed to lose to. They're kind of like a powerhouse team. And they're probably like one of the teams that are projected to win the Cup this, this year. That's part of their five-year plan to win the Cup. So you can't really be that angry. But oh, well. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, kind of the theme, right? I mean, we've talked about this too, about losing games getting the higher draft pick and whatnot. And, and the Ducks lose these two games to Vegas. They'll they'll end up going to play in the Kings here. And then, of course, they'll play Vegas and lose again. Uh, I, I was kind of more upset that they lost to the Kings after this because, I, I, I don't know, I just can't stand L.A. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't want the Ducks to lose to the Kings. And we're going to play them four times this week. And that's what our poll question's about. We'll get into that in a little bit. A lot of you had some some funny comments on our Facebook poll, and we'll get into it. But, you know, they, they lost those two games to the Golden Knights. Then they go play the Kings, you know, 0 for 4 on the power play. They, they did outshoot L.A. in this game. But L.A. got an early goal. They got a couple goals in the second period. Uh, you know, basically the Ducks were losing this game 4 nothing. Uh, until Fowler got a late goal. I, again, I thought the Ducks had a, a good opening period. They, they, you know, the Kings got a lucky bounce on that first goal. Kind of a weird goal that was scored. Uh, but then in the second period, the Ducks just really disappeared. They had like a really great scoring chance, like in the final minute of the second period. I, it was just a weird game. And, and you know what was different about this one too is that Stolarz played in this one, and after being fantastic in those games against San Jose. He had a little bit of trouble in this one. Again, like I said, the first goal was a weird goal. But uh, I really thought the Ducks would win this game because Stolarz had two solid games against San Jose. Yes, the Ducks had trouble against Vegas. Uh, it seemed like in the first period, the Ducks came out and had a good chance, even with that bad goal. But once that second period uh, kind of came and went, um, 
It just seemed like the Ducks were out of it after that point, Eddie. Yeah, I, I guess maybe that, that little fluke of a first goal kind of got to his head a little bit. and He just was maybe dwelling on that a little bit more than he should have, and that's what affected his game. I don't know. But, yeah, it sucks to lose to the Kings. And what's even worse is uh, that fight that Manson got into. and he, he got his ass kicked, which sucked, and he went down. Uh, credit to Lemieux, though. Uh, once he, he noticed that Manson was, was out and he was hurt, he signaled to the Ducks bench to get someone over there to help him out. So that, that that's just kind of the respect that hockey players have for, for, for one another. And, yeah, they're, they're pounding each other's face in with their fists, but they still have that respect not to see anyone injured like that. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of a boring Ducks and Kings game. Yeah, there was a few hits in there, but it was nothing really like like it used to be. And I really miss those freeway face-offs. I'm hoping these next four games, them playing each other this much four times in a row will get just annoying for the players. And we start seeing some more exciting hockey, some physical hockey, and really reignite that freeway face-off rivalry and hatred they used to have for each other. Because that's something that it's lacking and... And something that's really going to be needed moving forward. Because that, that last game, yeah, the Ducks lost what made it worse. But it just wasn't wasn't that entertaining of a game. No, it, it wasn't. Except, like you said, for that fight. And yeah, you know, that's one of the few times I I remember Manson getting uh, basically worked. I mean, he did. Got to be honest here. I It started out fine, but then he got his bell rung. And then he wasn't even able to play in the next game uh, against Vegas, which... You know, the Ducks ended up losing that one as well. So, I mean, it's just a rough spot here for for the Ducks. They, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just tough. You had Manson go down uh, in that game, upper body injury. He doesn't play in the game uh, against the Golden Knights. So, you know, the Ducks, uh, <laughs> you have Walensky in the lineup, which is fine. But then you have Larson, who, who you know, we've not been happy with. And, and then this game... <sighs> I don't know. I, I my wife was I think more upset in this ge- last game against the Vegas Knights. She she was pretty uh, she was pretty irritated. Uh, I have to say because um, you know Vegas scored right away in this game. <laughs> a couple of mistakes. Stevenson gets a couple of goals in the beginning. I, again, I thought the Ducks didn't have a bad first period. I thought that they played okay, and uh, you know Vegas was opportunistic. And then after that, it was just really them. I mean, yeah, Sam Steele got a goal early in the third on a, like a, a, a weird play. But, uh, you know, we saw our favorites, as we talked about, Carlson and Theodore. You know, they've, they've talked about this. They get up for the Ducks. They want to play against the Ducks. They both scored in the third period, putting the game well out of reach at that point, if it wasn't already at 3-1. to one. But um, I don't know, Eddie. I mean, the Ducks against the Knights, it's just crazy. They've played 20 times. They've only won three times. Um, I, I just don't know. And then to add insult to injury, you had Manson get hurt in that game against the Kings. Then Getzloff gets hurt in the uh, second period with an upper body injury. and He doesn't come back in this game. So it's like we're losing games, which I know some of you out there are like, okay, that's fine. I don't I don't care. I, I want to get a higher pick. You know, we're fighting it out with Buffalo and New Jersey. Uh, you know, who's going to be like the top three, right? But now you're seeing players get hurt too, Eddie. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just nothing's going right for the Ducks right now. Yeah, I want it. Like, I didn't expect the Ducks to win this game, obviously. Uh, we all know who Vegas, you know, what kind of team they are. 
But I, it, it was their the last time they're gonna wear their reverse retros. I don't know if they're ever gonna wear them again. But I wanted to see a win with them wearing the reverse retros, and I wanted to see the first win with fans in the stadium. I think the fans like that that went over there deserve to see that win, especially <laughs> during what we had through all season, and kind of the inflated prices some of these fans are paying for the tickets too. So it's it's not it's not cheap to go to these games. I, I checked up some of the prices just out of curiosity and. I think I saw at the 400 level, someone was trying to sell a pair of tickets for like almost 180 bucks. So it's like, whoa, that's a little, that's a little steep right there to watch this team. But yeah, the Ducks just didn't didn't really get it done at all. It, they they let Vegas take the early lead and Vegas ran with it and kind of cruised to an easy win. It's almost just like a little a free trip to California and, and you're just gonna get a free easy win. But you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, in the future, the Ducks start getting better. They get uh, some of their, their young guns more established in the league. Vegas, uh, th- their run starts coming to an end. Or hopefully they just figure out, get tired of losing to Vegas like I was tired of being overweight. And they, they change up their game, study more film, and know what to do. Obviously, uh, what's uh, having a, a common denominator is Carlson and Theodore. For some reason, they love to get points against the Ducks. Shut them down. Don't, don't give them any opportunity for that. And try to figure out a way to to beat Vegas because this three thirteen and four all time record that's that's terrible. You have to figure out a team and don't get like the, like the Calgary Flames and they haven't they had won in Honda Center forever until they finally got that win. But we have to figure out something to do come next season to try to get some of these wins against the Golden Knights and try to figure that team out and not just kind of just go accept defeat every time you play against them because of the record. Yeah, absolutely, and they've owned us for all that time, so it's been rough, like you said, and uh, I actually had a chance, I I talked to Ken over at Sinbin Vegas, they do a podcast and have a website and everything and whatnot, so I'll bring him in right now, we'll talk a little bit about that as you hit on Eddie, we'll also talk about the playoffs, or at least who's going to win the West, and we'll talk about the Lanier situation, so here's Ken as he joins me and we talk about what's going on with the Ducks in Vegas. And joining the show right now with me is uh, Ken Bolke. Uh, he covers the Vegas Golden Knights on the Sinbin Vegas podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, uh, Ken. Uh, the Ducks just finished, uh, you know, getting their ass kicked uh, basically by the Vegas Golden Knights in the last uh, three meetings they had, and, and, and gotten, you know, uh, just destroyed this season. You know, losing seven out of eight. Uh, what do you think it is? It seems like the Vegas Golden Knights, they match up pretty well against the Anaheim Ducks and have their number. Um, maybe it's uh, the fact that uh, you know Carlson's on the team and Theodore, they get a little up for the games too. What do you, what do you think it is? Why does Vegas uh, seem to, to play well against uh, Anaheim? Because they've done it uh, ever since they've been in the league. Yeah, I would say this year it's just a flat-out talent discrepancy. I, just, I don't think it's all that close this year. And outside of the goalie, like, he can keep you in. He can keep you in some games, but he can't keep you in every game. So I think that's what has done it for the most part this season. They're just not on the same level. They're not in the same place. They're they're not. You know, just the the organizations are heading in different directions at the moment. That's not to say that the Ducks can't get better soon because they can. But at this point, Vegas trying to win the cup right now. The Ducks are trying to figure out what they have in their system. So that's not a good matchup uh, at all. And then um, the, I think for the last couple of years, for me, it's been mostly depth. Like I think the Golden Knights have had a pretty deep roster from the beginning. Um, I think that was a big reason why they were so good that first season was you didn't really know where the the light spot was in their lineup. It's like, when are we going to take advantage of this lineup? There really wasn't that spot to do it. And to me, 
Vegas has just been a deeper team than than Anaheim has been over the three years. And so because of it, or well, four years now, because of it, I think they've done very well uh, in doing in, in, in being able to, to win these games. And then the last thing is just that building just doesn't seem to phase the Golden Knights at all. And I would imagine that this building here in Vegas does phase An- Anaheim a little bit. Uh, that just seems like a place that Vegas goes and, and they play well every single time they go down there. It's it, You just don't see poor games out of the Golden Knights all that often when they go there. Yeah, and, you know, and I've been uh, to a couple of those games in Vegas as well. We were talking about this. Uh, I mean, your fans out there are insane and they're intense. I remember going to a game where they were playing Philly and they were getting smoked by Philly and the Vegas fans were still giving it to the handful of Philly fans <laughs> that were in the building. And, and anybody knows Philly fans are pretty tough. And uh, I was just amazed at, A, how loud that building is for the Golden Knights. Because, right, remember people said, oh, hockey's not going to work in Vegas, which we all know that's wrong. And uh, just the enthusiasm of that city and the fans, I, I have to tell you, it, it, it is pretty crazy to, to go in there um, you know, I mean, I wear my duck stuff and, and no one's too crazy. You know, it's not, <laughs> not super confrontational. It's not like, you know, Kings ducks games or whatever, but you guys have a real passion out there. And I definitely think, uh, it helps you guys out on home ice. Yeah. Winning helps. Uh, that, that's a good thing. You know, you, you, you can build a pretty good fan base in a hurry when you go to the Stanley cup final in the very first year. And it's like a story that was so good that they made a documentary about it so that definitely helps uh, i also think that the stadium it's it's loud it just the 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 sound system the way that it's set up the way that uh, they have the fans you know the, the i think just the shape of the stadium it's it's loud so it makes for such a great atmosphere that when you go to it you're immediately amped up just because you're in there. And I think that ends up leading to really uh, intense games and an intense fan base. And then when the team is good, people get even more intense about it. And they've had playoff runs. They've had a lot to, to look forward to. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great building to play in. And, and I definitely think it gives the Golden Knights a pretty good advantage when they play against teams that aren't necessarily ready to, to deal with all that comes with playing at T-Mobile Arena. And then, of course, I think there was some off-ice stuff that certain teams dealt with in the first couple of years. I don't think they deal with that as much now, and certainly not this year with COVID. Yeah, the Vegas flu you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, for sure. I, I I could see that, you know, going there. There there's some distractions maybe, you know, a little bit in that town. <laughs> it was it was real the first season. Like I've talked to some players about it and they they said, you know, they knew some buddies on the other teams and and there was definitely some late night uh dinners and and gambling and drinking and not before some of these games. So, there's no doubt. I think since it's not as real, just simply because people know if if we mess around, we're not going to play well against this team and we may need this game. So you see it a little bit diminishing since, but it was real the first year. Yeah, absolutely. I I believe that. And yeah, like you said, with the lockdown things going on now, it's not as much of an advantage. But uh, uh, as you talked about, like you guys are getting ready for the playoffs. Obviously, we're going the other direction. We're getting ready for the, you know, the uh, the drafts all coming up in free agency. Um, But what do you think uh, it looks like? uh, You know, my co-host, he he also likes Colorado. It looks like it's going to come down to the abs and the Golden Knights uh, for the West Division. Um, What's your take on the way things look right now? 
I think they're very close teams. Uh, if if you're asking me, and I and I hate to be honest in this because it goes in the face of what I'm supposed to be thinking and saying as someone who comes and and actively roots for the Golden Knights, but. I just don't think they're as good as Colorado. I think Colorado's a little bit deeper of a team. I think they have higher end talent. Um, I think their issue would be their goalie and then their health. If if Colorado has a little health issues or maybe Grubauer becomes what the Grubauer of old was as opposed to the Grubauer of this season, Vegas can certainly steal that series from them. Um, but if it if it's just straight up the way that it's gone, I think Vegas is at a disadvantage solely because they're going to have five million or seven million sitting on their bench every single night with their goalie, um, and then I just don't think they're as deep of a roster. And and the other thing is the style of play. Vegas wants to play a style where they kind of live in your offensive zone, make it real hard to exit, um, you know, and and make it difficult to get many chances at all the other way. And usually against teams like Anaheim, you you'll end up seeing ten minute stretches where they don't get any shots. If you do that to Colorado, they can still score on you, where a team like Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, they're probably not going to this year. It doesn't take much for San Jose to score. Plus, I think it's real hard to hem San Jose, or, uh, sorry, Colorado in. Uh, so because of it, it's going to be awfully difficult for Vegas to impose the style that they want to impose over the course of a seven-game series. I think it's going to be a good series. I think Vegas can absolutely win it. I'm not saying it's impossible for Vegas to win it, but if you were to ask me today, even after the deadline, both teams added one piece that made them a little bit better, but nothing massive. Uh, and then I guess Colorado got the backup goalie, which can potentially help if, if, if Grubauer does struggle. I would say Vegas is a slight underdog. Um, and I would unfortunately say I don't think they're going to win that series if all holds and everybody's healthy. Well, and the interesting part is you were talking about, you know, the stadium, obviously, and home ice and whatnot. Uh, right now, the Golden Knights are in first. Obviously, uh, Colorado's got a couple more games to play uh, to catch up. But if Vegas is able to hang on here, win the division, and then have home ice and have that, if it does go, say, to a seventh game, do you think that may give you a little bit more there against Colorado? you think it's like a must that, hey, Vegas, we have to win the division. We have to have home ice if we're going to beat Colorado? I think they really want it. Uh, I think it starts with first-round opponent. I don't think the Golden Knights want to play Minnesota at all. Just like you said, the Golden Knights have killed the Ducks over time uh, in the four years. Minnesota's had Vegas' number pretty much throughout all of it. The crazy part is Minnesota's morphed as a team. They used to be a kind of a pack-it-in team that played boring you know, transit, they were just trying to thwart transition. And now all of a sudden they're a team that wants to fly out of their neutral, out of their end, go through the neutral zone, carry the puck in and get sustained offense, you know, quickly. They play a fast game all of a sudden. And yet, no matter what the game has been, they've, they've, they've given Vegas trouble. So I think that's step one. But as far as Vegas versus Colorado, if it gets to that, I think the Golden Knights want the extra game at home solely because they need it in regards to last change. I think it makes a huge difference because matching up against McKinnon is crucial. If you don't have last change, you're going to be put in precarious situations time and time again, and he's going to get you. All it takes is one shift that you end up with your third or fourth line against McKinnon and McCarr, and you could be in big-time trouble. So having the, the last change, playing that seventh game at home, and really I also think playing game one and two at home could make a huge difference because you do not want to go up there, come down 0-2, and no, coming back here, we've got to win them both or this thing's over. So I think uh, the, the, there's no doubt that these last nine games, the Golden Knights and, and uh, 11 for Colorado are huge. Somebody's going to win the division. A lot of it's going to come down to these next two games they play against each other. But 
those other games matter. So all these games of Vegas have been racking up wins against the bottom of the division uh, have, have made a huge difference. They're in it because of them. Yeah, I mean, you guys are currently on a nine-game winning streak. You know, you talk about Minnesota. They're on a seven-game winning streak. And, you know, realistically, Minnesota has a chance to, to pass Colorado. I mean, there's only a point separating them. Again, uh, you know, Colorado's got you know a few games in hand against you guys and uh, the Wild. But there's that kind of flip-flopping that could go on at, at you know, two and three um, if you guys hold. And then uh, you guys may face Arizona or St. Louis. Those two are battling mm-hmm. it out right now as well. I, I, I think you guys would be able to take out those two pretty handily. I mean, I don't want to jinx it. They but should. Like, they, but should. They, yeah, should they, they should. But I think you're right. Minnesota used to be that boring team that, like you said, did the neutral zone kind of trap or neutral zone, you know, um, slowing the game down, not letting the other team get the four check in. But now... Minnesota is switched and starting to become more of an offensive team this season. Um, you, you know, so they are a real threat. And you're right; they have had a you know a, a little bit of advantage or, or or something against Vegas, just like you guys have had it against us. Um, we we have like zero answers for you guys. Unfortunately, <laughs> we just haven't had it. So um, kind of frustrating because I we were talking before too. I went to all those games because finally we were able to have fans. So I ended up getting to go, and I'm like, man, I'm sitting here watching these games against Vegas, and I'm like, well, the first one started out slow, and, and, and we got smoked. We didn't get a goal, and then uh, the last, the, the second one wasn't as bad, and then um, I felt this last one, I felt we actually had a decent start against uh, you guys, but then um, Stevenson with a couple opportunistic goals, and then you guys just carried it away, so... Um, I think that's a big part of it too, but I, I think you guys do have a serious chance. If you get Arizona or St. Louis, you end up one, you know, being number one. You face one of them, and then let Colorado and Minnesota beat each other up, and you have home ice. Then, then I do yep. like the odds. Yep, I think that certainly improves it. Uh, having home ice, not having the tougher series in the first round. I don't. I'm with you. I don't think they'd have any problem with if it's. Arizona, St. Louis, FLA sneaks in there, you know, whatever it happens to be. I'm not all that concerned about that really at all. Um, But as close as it is, Vegas has two games of Colorado and then two games with Minnesota. So you can have your nine game winning streak, but they got to keep this thing up. Like that nine game winning streak is going to look useless if they go up to Minnesota and fall on their face twice, or if they have Colorado come in here and, you know, they get beat up by Colorado. Like, it's a tight race and, and these division games, as much as I've hated this schedule, it's a disaster. I can't stand this schedule, but now all of a sudden with these games, you start looking at these division games down the stretch. You're like, man, if you, if you don't win them, it, uh, it can get dicey and it can get dicey in a hurry, but you know how most of these go, they split all the time. So it's like the games never even got played. Yeah. I mean, we have an odd bit of scheduling too. I mean, we're playing the Kings four times in a row this upcoming week. So, you know, the debate for us is, okay, do you lose and and keep, you know, for us battle (laughs) for the draft pick, right? Because, you know, Buffalo, New Jersey and the Ducks are all kind of going for the, you know, that top spot, but then it's also LA and, you know, obviously we can't stand the Kings, so we want to beat them. So there's, there's that whole mess, but you're right. The scheduling has been very weird. I mean, playing back to back games against the same team here and there, but now you've had situations um, like ours where we're having a whole bunch. So it's going to be a weird finish for us. Obviously, it, you know, we don't have as much skin in the game as you guys do, but uh 
I'm really curious to see because you talk about you know that that advantage of uh, home ice, and then um, you know Lanier came into the news uh, this last week. That was the other reason why I wanted to have you on the show to talk a little bit about it. I thought it was interesting because they're now talking about a competitive advantage with the vaccine. And I thought that that was an interesting thought because um, I hit you up about it when it happened. I, and when we were talking about kind of the scenarios, um, whether it was the league or the Players Association or the team that was talking about this. And it's interesting because if you do have guys that go down to injuries like you were talking about with Colorado or, or Vegas and it could shift a series one way or another. But now you have to worry about guys testing positive and then you know if they're out and they got a quarantine and then you know maybe they could have got the vaccine and been okay um and and you know lanier comes out talks about this and 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 and, you know lessening the restrictions which now that doesn't seem like it's going to happen but um i don't know where you want to start with that because there's a lot to to go over on there but what do you think as far as i guess his comments and then also the competitive advantage apart yeah it's a that's the part that bugged him uh, he was he's upset that they're talking about it potentially being a competitive advantage and i think it's clear that it, it could be a competitive advantage if a full team is vaccinated and they're allowed to go do whatever they want to do like it's a you know any year pass compared to a team that has to lock in their hotel every time they go on the road i think it's certainly there but i also understand robin leonard's point that it's like well wait a minute so you're telling me we have to live a terrible life because they can't get a vaccine up in Canada? That doesn't make any sense. And I'm completely with them on that. I think the biggest issue here is just communication. The communication has been terrible. Communication from the league to the players, from the league to the players association, from the organization of the players. Uh, somewhere along the lines, Robin Leonard got it into his mind that if he got the vaccine, there was a good chance that re- restrictions were going to be relaxed. And they haven't. And they haven't at all. So... It's been a tough situation on him. I think it's going to continue being tough on him because I don't think the, re- the restrictions are going to change by even by the time the Stanley Cup's handed out. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, he clearly felt pretty strongly about it, and we'll see what happens as, as they go on. I I, uh, I hope he's okay. I hope he's you know he's all there mentally because he you know he he's fought some demons in the past and. And, you know, as much as the game is all about hockey and we want to, you know, people winning the Stanley Cup, like I want to make sure that guy's healthy and, and happy and not, you know, going down a path that he shouldn't be going down. And, and his willingness to go step up and go in an 11-minute rant over something leads you to believe that this this is uh, this is a, a, a heavy challenge for him. So hopefully he's okay. That's first and foremost what I care about. No, I agree 100%. I mean, mental health has been a huge part for everybody involved in this. And if there's, you know, a little uh, light at the end of the tunnel that you're being told, whether it's from the league or the Players Association, and then that's closed, and now there is no more light at the end of the tunnel, I mean, that would be just frustrating for anybody as a normal human being. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of all fighting the same thing, which is like, we just don't know when things are going to open. We don't know when things are going to get better. And I think the part that's so tough for him is he was led to believe very clearly in his mind that if this happens, if everyone gets the vaccine, things will get better immediately. And then he gets this call and they say, no, we're not going to do it due to competitive advantage. And he's not happy about it. I completely understand it. So it's a tough situation to be in, and, and it's it's disappointing for, for the league. It's disappointing for, for him, and I just think they need to sort, sort this thing out rather than what they're doing, which is they're basically just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, it's interesting because it came out, it kind of blew up, and then 
the league came out right away and was like, no, we, we never promised that. And then it just kind of went away. So if, if what the league's saying is true, that there was never a complete like guarantee, then it, it leads you to believe that there had to have been something with the Players Association. I, you know, I kind of plug in your show, but I listened to you. You did a whole podcast on this. Yeah. Um, and, and I was fascinated because I was listening to it. But you talked about the league. They came out and said what they did. If that um, held true, which I mean, we don't have any reason to doubt that, that they never made a full on promise. Then then your other scenarios that you talked about is is then you have the Players Association or you have McPhee and the Vegas uh, admin or, or box office for you know lack of a better term that yeah. would have said something. So it sounds it sounds like maybe um, there were discussions of this, nothing like a full on guarantee. And I mean, based upon what I listened on your show, what we've talked about here today, and the other stuff out there that I've seen, it, it just seems like it was something that could be a possibility, wasn't a guarantee. But for him, I, he he maybe took it as it was going to be a guarantee. I don't know. What what do you think? Yeah, it's it's tough because like he seems so confident. Like he he even just tweeted out the the nba protocols and said like look here they are this is what we were shown so it's hard for me to believe that it was like up in the air like this is a maybe this is something that might happen it seemed like he was real clear that this will happen this is going to happen and then it didn't and now for the league to kind of backtrack on it and say no 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 we never said that Nobody from the PAs come out and backed him up. And then for Vegas, they really only had one question that anyone's ever been asked about it. And that was Mark Stone. He just took the diplomatic response that said, we stand behind Robin Leonard. He didn't necessarily agree that he thought if the team got the vaccine, that the restrictions would be relaxed. So it's a tough spot. And and I just, someone lied to Robin Leonard. Someone made Robin Leonard feel that if he got the vaccine, restrictions were going to be relaxed, and then they weren't. I just don't know who that person is. I don't know if it came from the league. I don't know if it came from the PA. I don't know if it came from the Golden Knights. I still don't know. And uh, I've, I, I know people that have talked to Robin, and basically the way he said is, it doesn't matter who. It was everyone. Every single person. That was has been his answer. It was everyone. Which then leads you down a path of thinking maybe he just misunderstood yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i'm i'm thinking is now is it it seems like i because I, I just don't see the league doing something like that you know promising that and then completely doing a, a 180 on something like this with everything going on i i don't know it just seems too too big of an issue for that I, it's I, just a I, hell yeah. of a thing to him for him to go out and go nuts about it like he, he he went on an 11 minute rant un uninterrupted not even a question was asked to him he got out there and said i'm going to do this i'm going to go on this 11 minute rant myself like i just have a hard time believing that this can just be a simple miscommunication when he was willing to do that nobody does that like that doesn't happen so for him to be willing to do it 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 it, uh, it something happened and someone told him and i don't know who it was so it's tough for me to believe that he just misunderstood, but maybe he did. No, I, I'm with you too. I, I think for sure that something was conveyed to him along those lines, like you said, and made him, like you said, go out. Because I listened to the 11-minute the rant quote speech, you know, like you said, because I was like, whoa, where's this coming from? 
So it's definitely something that got passed to him. I don't think that he's, you know, completely making it up. It's just like you said, it's a question of who, if it's something from something from the league, uh, maybe to the PA, uh, then to him, right. you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe possible, yeah. may, maybe indirectly like that, or it was something with the team. Um, it's unfortunate, but, uh, I, I hope they get it straightened out. The, the, you know, the main thing is hopefully it's not a distraction overall for the league and you guys as well. Cause I mean, you guys are getting ready here. You got two weeks yep. to go and, um, you know, you're going to be, uh, like I said, up there ready to, to go for it in the playoffs. So hopefully it's not a distraction, but, um, We'll just keep you know monitoring it. Um, if anybody wants to follow your um, stuff, you want to let them know like your Twitter and your website and everything like that to follow because you guys do a great yeah. job. So the Twitter is just Sinbin Vegas, uh, and then the website is Sinbin dot Vegas. Uh, I don't know somewhere along the lines the internet decided that dot Vegas was acceptable as opposed to dot com. So we jumped on that. So it's Sinbin dot Vegas the website, and then at Sinbin Vegas on all the uh, social media. All right. Awesome. Um, thanks for coming on the show, Ken. And then I uh, just wish you guys the best of luck in the playoffs. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. And that was uh, Ken from Sinbin Vegas. Check him out. He's on Twitter and on uh, sinbinvegas.com as well. Uh, you know, they uh, do a great job covering the Golden Knights and whatnot. Uh, I thought it was interesting. You talked about the, you know, the depth of Vegas and how they they took out uh, the Ducks, and the Ducks don't have that four line depth. So I mean, it's pretty much what it is. But he also talked about uh, Vegas and Colorado, and I thought this was interesting, Eddie. As everybody knows, Colorado is your second favorite team. He thinks that Vegas is going to have a tough time against Colorado. Uh, you know, right now in the standings, the Golden Knights are ahead of the Abs. But he really feels that they need to keep that going. They need to win these games, even though they've been playing, you know, the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks, and whatnot, to get that home ice advantage, get that last change, and whatnot. So, what do you think? I mean, these are the two teams that are battling out for the West. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, you you think Colorado can take out Vegas, or or, or you think it's going to be the other way around? Oh, I I don't know. It, it, that's a hard one because. Colorado has obviously I'm going to want Colorado to take it but I think Vegas just has that deep team and and they have those waves of 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 offense just the same as the as the Avalanche. What worries me about the Avalanche too is they they get they always get to injury trouble come playoffs and then I don't know if Grubauer could sustain how he's been playing all season into the playoffs so that's going to be a factor too um as far as home ice advantage i think the only thing that really matters is going to be the i guess the line changes but if, if you go down 2-0 on on either of these teams uh, either vegas goes down 2-0 or colorado goes down 2-0 it's going to be hard to come back because these teams just don't stop it's not going to be one game where a team is just going to cruise. It's going to be high scoring or high intensity kind of games for both of them. So I, I think it comes down to who's going to just battle harder, who's going to go and get into those dirty areas, who's going to win the board battles, who's going to be in front of the net, who's going to be causing chaos. And I think physicality is really going to play a factor in that series. I would love to see them. Uh, it's going to be a fun series if you watch Vegas against Colorado. And that game's... That series will definitely go to Game Seven. There's no way it's not going to go to Game Seven. They're just too. It's that that'd be a that would almost want to be like what you want to see in a Stanley Cup Final. These two teams playing each other, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch them in the playoffs. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I I think you know he talked about the way it would line up in the division and whatnot, and I mean 
those two teams are pretty much on a collision course, I think. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. He talked about your favorite team, Minnesota, having issues against uh, Vegas. So I, I hopefully that doesn't happen. I'd rather see Vegas and Colorado fight it out for the West. I You know, I, I like Vegas. I hope that they do it, but if they don't, and Colorado does, I, you know, either way, I got to pick someone to root for now, since you know we we know what's going to happen with the Ducks. Anyways, we're looking at the uh, off season, unfortunately. So, the other part I thought was interesting was the Lanier discussion. If you check out their podcast on um, Sinbin Vegas. Uh, they talked about it for a while, and and I really like the way Ken goes on, you know, a bunch of the stuff. He's been on radio out there in Las Vegas, and they they break this down. I thought it was interesting, just those comments. Um, you know, you had Lanier just kind of come out of nowhere and talk about getting the vaccine and the protocols being lessened and whatnot, and then it didn't happen. The league came out right away and said no, you know that uh, that's not what we said. So it's interesting. If you want a full discussion, I mean, he, uh, he goes on this for like an hour talking about it on their show. And, and I love listening to their podcast. It's, it's done very well um, to kind of get the full on depth on that. But what did you think, Eddie? He talked about the league, the Players Association, or the team uh, being ones that told him, hey, you know, things are going to get better uh, if you get the vaccine. Then... Uh, basically, Lanier was asked about it, and he didn't really say who it was. He kind of alluded that it was everybody. So kind of a weird situation. It seems to have died down a little bit. But what did you think? Uh, you know, the other part, too, is that, that competitive advantage you talked about. I mean, you know, you get these vaccines. You don't test positive. You don't have to worry about, you know, going to the playoffs. I mean, seems like that's a big issue, too, especially for Vegas. They're trying to win a cup for the very first time. They've been successful for four years. So what did you think of that whole situation? I think someone lied to him, just like the, the guys at Sinbin. Someone told him something different. Someone lied to him. Uh, it seems like that was just said to kind of, I don't know, maybe force the vaccine down someone's throat. Uh, like, the, like like a lot of people have been pushing for that. I think that he, just kind of, he felt obligated to get it so he could just kind of resume to normal activities and and for that, but obviously it didn't really turn out that way after they got it. And now it's, you know, he's calling them out and no one's really, you know, came out and said either he's lying or they're lying. Obviously someone's lying. I don't think Leonard's lying. I don't think why he would just go out and rant for the, the time he did if he, were, he weren't lying. So it's just, it's just a weird situation. It's kind of all over the place. I think it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just interesting. It just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm more siding with Tim than, than anything. I, I know he's really outspoken on his mental, his mental health and where he's came, he's battled from and came back from. Obviously, so something happened that that's really bad and and it needs to be put to light because obviously the fire started already. You can't just sweep it under the rug anymore. He said something. He even came back and said like, yeah, I, I guess I just make things up or something like that. Like obviously, it's it's leaving bad blood between him and the league. And it's making the league look bad. Like all the, the stuff like that. So I'm not going to go into more detail about the vaccine or, or what I think about it or what I think that how the league is, is kind of forcing it, all their commercials and teams doing that, showing the players getting it. I'm, I'm a big advocate on keeping your people's medical histories to themselves in private, but that's just on a whole different scale. And it's my personal opinion, but something screwed up that's going on and it sucks that, that they lied to him and they're lying to players 
And, you know, I'm glad that he went out and called them out. And I'm, I'm glad that he's using his status as a, as a player to, to call them out when they're at, obviously at wrong or if they're sitting there lying to players just so they can force the vaccine on them. I'm glad he's he's bringing light to that situation. And I hope that something comes to more of a light about it and more players step up and talk about it, how the league's just kind of manipulating the situation about it. I'm with you 100%. And I think it's just going to get kind of swept under the rug, which is unfortunate. That's what it looks like right now. And I'm with you. I'm not going to go into uh, the vaccine and whatnot. Uh, That's what Ken had talked about on his show, too, if you go listen to it. You know, if you're going to get it, get it. If you're not, you're not. It's a personal choice. It's like when you and I talked about the lockdowns and masks and all that stuff way back when all that happened. We're all about choice on this show. We're not going to tell you what to do. Uh, There's other people out there that are going to tell you you have to do A, B, C, and D. I'm not going to tell you that you're all grown adults. You're all smart. You can research stuff on your own and figure it out. But in this situation, uh, as far as what he was told, it sounds like somewhere something happened. I don't, I don't know who it was or whatever, but for him to go out and talk about it for about 11 minutes, uh, I'm with him. I think something happened with that. So we'll just monitor it. I talked to Ken a lot on Sinbin Vegas. So if, if he hears something, I'll find out and, and we'll go from there. But uh, just very interesting. I, I know we talk about league news. We kind of put that in here a little bit out of order. But uh, the other part, we had some fan questions too. Some people talked about uh, Colorado and Vegas as well. And they uh, we had uh, J, uh, G-A-M-A-R-R-A-714. He asked about their jerseys. And uh, as far as the reverse retro jerseys, which ones did we like? I think we talked about this one when we had the uh, Lake Tahoe battle and all that going on. But I I love both of these, Eddie. Uh, I I know Colorado, if you don't know, they came from Quebec originally. They're a relocation team, not an expansion team. I love their uh, jerseys. I, I think they're just straight up badass. I love Vegas. Yes, they're a new team, they're, you know. But I, red's my favorite color. If anybody didn't know out there, no, it's not orange. I'm sorry, though. Orange is another favorite color of mine. But I, I love the Vegas ones. I almost bought one when my wife and I went to Vegas uh, earlier this year. We talked about that. We we wanted to see the Ducks in Vegas, but you know the way the rules were back then, they wouldn't allow it. Uh, so I love both those jerseys. And uh, he also asked, you know, if we were disappointed that Vegas didn't wear their retro reverse jerseys in these three games. Hell yeah, I'm disappointed. It would have been awesome if they would have wore their red ones when the Ducks, uh, you know, busted out theirs in this last uh, contest that they had. So I love both, Eddie. I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to say one's better than the other, but uh, I like Colorado's. I like it because it's history for that franchise. And then Vegas, I don't know. I just like it because I like the red. I, I'm not a big fan of the gold, to be honest. I, I'm just like, eh, whatever. And then the gray, yeah, that's cool. But I, I really like the red. But what did you think about the jerseys? And, and are you disappointed that they didn't bust out theirs in this last game that the Ducks played against the Golden Knights? No, I, I didn't really I didn't really hit mind or care about that. It wasn't, wasn't really something I wanted to see. I didn't tune in to see their jersey. I do like the red ones way better than the gold ones, though. Like I can say that. Like The, the red ones are clean. They're nice. But I wasn't really disappointed. I, I, I Going forward in the future, I would love to see these re- reverse retros a little bit more. The league can add that. I, and I would also just like to see some of the teams just full on just to have a retro jersey. So hopefully the Ducks bring back the Mighty Ducks jersey and and not overuse them and over like like I wouldn't want the Mighty Ducks one full time at all. 
because I, I just don't want to see it every single game. But just to have a, a, a true retro jersey night, or not night, but just to have that alternate jersey would be cool. Like, I, I like how the league is going with the home, the way they have the third jersey, then they have the re- reverse retro jersey. I, like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing just a, a pure, natural, just retro jersey to be added. They can just, they can wear a few times throughout the season. I mean, they have 82 games to wear these. They have the reverse retro one, which is a which is a way color, a lighter color. They can wear on the road. They've done it before. The first time they wore the reverse retros, they were in Colorado wearing them. So it's just, yeah, I, I want to see it in the future, but I wasn't too disappointed that the, the Vegas didn't wear theirs. It, it would have been kind of cool, retro, you know, retro versus retro jersey, but Ducks lost anyway, so it really wouldn't matter. Yeah, I don't think the jerseys would have mattered in that game for sure. So. Um, with that, I mean, uh, we'll kind of wrap up those games and everything like that. Uh, some news, unfortunately, we talked about injuries. You know, obviously, uh, Manson and Getzloff getting knocked out of some of these games. More news in the last couple of weeks, unfortunately. We know that uh, Lindholm was out. He had wrist surgery. It sounds like, according to Bob Murray, that they're just going to sit him out the rest of the season, which I agree with. I think that's the right call. The Ducks aren't playing for anything. We all know that. It's not rocket science. So he's out. But then we had a surprise. We had Silverberg, they announced, had surgery on his hip. He's out four to six months. According to Murray, he's been battling this injury for the last couple years. And uh, now the Ducks are going to be without him as well. I'm kind of concerned, Eddie, uh, about this because it's not the same... Uh, surgery that Kessler had, and obviously Kessler had a bunch of things going on. We still get a couple people that ask us about him, and, and Kessler's retired. He's done. <laughs> he's he's not coming back, at least not as a player, unfortunately. But as far as Silverberg goes, he did not have the same surgery uh, that Kessler did, a little bit different. But I'm concerned. I, I just don't know how effective Silverberg is going to be uh, next season, Eddie. I, that's what worries me about this whole uh, process. And it just kind of was thrown out there and everybody's like, what the heck? So what did you think? Uh, you know, we, we knew about Lindholm shutting him down makes sense. But what do you think about Silverberg and now having the surgery? Are, are you kind of worried about it? Or are you just like, ah, rest him. He'll be fine next season. No, hell yeah, I'm worried about it. Like his play kind of dipped this season. And you're kind of wondering like, Man, you were supposed to be one of our top performing offensive players, and this season you just kind of were just disappeared. Uh, it makes sense now that he had some issues, some injury issues, so that contributed to his play. But now I'm thinking, okay, is he going to come back refreshed in that same old Silverberg come next season, or is that that surgery going to have a long lasting effect on him? And he's is he ever going to regain that form and be that that top offensive threat that he was once with the Ducks? So that's just kind of worrying me. Yeah, it's good he's having the surgery right now, getting it. So he has a lot of time to recover, to start skating more, get conditioning, and get back to form. But it's just kind of with surgery, no matter what you have, it's it's always going to be hit or miss. Like things can go wrong. It cannot heal heal correctly, or it might you know be something more. So we we never know. So I I wish him the best. I hope he comes back healthy. I hope he regains that scoring form because we definitely need that. But like I said, you know, more importantly, I, I just you know wish him the he has a successful surgery and it doesn't affect anything to do with his quality of life, especially after hockey. Yeah, that's my concern too. Uh, if you haven't heard about Kessler and the stuff that he's dealt with in the off season and the medications and the rehab and all those kind of things, um, you want to check it out. 
Um, there's a couple different uh, articles out there about what he endured. So regardless of what happens with Silverberg coming back to the team, I, obviously you want his personal health you know, to be uh, fine. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, expansion drafts coming up. We'll talk about that here in just a second. And, uh, you know, what will happen? I mean, it's been a nagging injury. He, he probably played through it, maybe did some rehab uh, during all the lockdown and, and no hockey and all that. But obviously it wasn't able to work out. So, you know, the Ducks, a lot of players getting, you know, hurt and, and, and being rested. We already know about Carter Rowney. It seems like Milano's being shut down for the season two as well. So, I don't blame the team for doing all this stuff. If players need to have surgery and they want to shut them down, shut them down. And uh, we got to look towards the future. And this has been another part of, uh, you know, basically what you want to watch for the rest of the season is Drysdale and Zegras. And what is going to happen with these guys? We just got word that Zegras is coming back up, which we uh, expected. He'll uh, be up for the rest of the season. Most likely he can uh, be on the roster now, not worry about losing a year of of that free agent status as we've talked about earlier. Uh, Drysdale has played with the team the whole time. He's in the same boat. Uh, They called him up at the right time where those games wouldn't affect his free agency status. But he's struggled lately Uh, for some reason. I don't know what the Ducks are doing. They've played him on his offside. They paired him with Manson. That hasn't been working. They did switch it up this last game against Vegas. Uh, so there's been some of that I don't like. I, I don't know what the Ducks are doing. If they're trying to get him to be more versatile and play both sides, fine. It, it really hasn't worked out on the other side, though. So I don't know if that's a hindrance or not. And then Zegris is going to come up. Obviously going to play some of these games against the Kings. But uh, what did you think about the Drysdale situation, Eddie? It's kind of weird. They, they put him on his offside for several of these games. He's he struggled. They put him back. I mean, may, maybe they keep him on the on his his you know onside that he's used to for the rest of the way. I I, I don't know. I just it, it just kills me with this team because I I can accept I guess losing right now. I hate to say that. I can't believe those words came out of my mouth. But um, if you're gonna lose, at least put. You know, you and I have talked about this, A, maximum effort, but at the same time, you you got to put out your best players and the best lineup as well. And, and it just seems like the Ducks haven't done that throughout the season. Yeah, they've been making some questionable decisions and like lineup decisions. It's kind of weird. I don't like maybe they're trying to to get him used to playing on his offside, maybe getting that experience to learn how to play that so he can play on both sides. That would be the ideal answer, but who knows? Like they, they just maybe just I have no idea. It's kind of weird. Like let I I would just say let him. He he's he's been developing nicely. He's he's looked really great. He's real confident with the puck. Though his skating ability is amazing. Just let him build off of that. Like he he's a defenseman you can build around. You don't have to try to move him to different sides and kind of have someone else. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And that's what gets frustrating sometimes. Like these coaching decisions and these management decisions, what they make. But I I just, if it's working for him, keep doing it and don't change it. But they seem to just to want to change it. Or maybe they're, they bought it in the full tank mode. Like, Hey, he's playing too well on his his right side. Let's, let's, let's get him on his offside. So the ducks can play a little worse and we can lose the game and we can get a higher pick. Who knows? I have no idea what's going on in their minds. Yeah, and I think that's the frustrating part for some people is like, what exactly are we doing? So we do know that Zegers will come back up. He's been tearing it up uh, at the AHL. 
he has six goals in his uh, last uh, nine or ten games down there. He came back up. Uh, so we'll see what he does for the rest of the season. It looks like we have a retirement party planned. Uh, David Backus, uh, the last game against uh, Vegas, it seems like that might have been it. Um, you know, kind of waved to his family, got some hugs for some of the players in there. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's coming back to Anaheim. I, I, I do think he's going to retire. Uh, but, uh, you know, this guy is a class act and uh, definitely one that's trying to help mold these younger guys, you know, give some leadership to the, you know, Drysdale Zegers and the rest of the guys in the locker room. So if it is his last game, uh, you know, he's on the taxi squad now and he doesn't play any more of the games. Uh, I just wish him the best of luck, Eddie. Oh, yeah, same here. And I, I always wondered why they didn't have him in the lineup a little bit more. Like, with him coming to Anaheim, I knew not to expect him to be the player he was or even half that player, but I knew he had some hockey left in him. And and, and I, I can't recall a game where he's played where it's like, so like just he played like extremely terrible. Like, I, I just, yeah, obviously he's not playing to, to what he's making. And if you expect him to play to his contract, then he had to sit down and really understand the game of hockey and really know who his player is. But I think he he brought some energy to the lineup. He he gave that mentorship to the young people. He's been around the league. Like he just, I think it was better to have. He should have been playing a little bit more. Like it wouldn't have really affected the outcome of the Ducks games at all. But just like I said, questionable decisions made by management, especially with the Heinen situation. I I can't believe he's still with the Ducks, even though the way they didn't really utilize him throughout the season. But regardless, I, I wish him all the best. Thank you for you know, you know, thank you for your time in Anaheim, and I wish you and your family all the best. And whatever uh, comes back to you, uh, I know you mentioned the the, the little post game interview or the, the interview he did that he wants to be super dad. He missed a lot of milestones in his kids' life, so I'm hope that he can make some better memories. He can be there. His kids got to see him play. You know, hopefully, or play in his final game. So yeah, just wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, more decisions for the Ducks is uh, looks like he's going to, uh, you know, retire, as we talked about, or at least not come back to Anaheim. Miller looks in the same boat as well. Some stuff that we'll go into a little bit more at the expansion draft. We also asked some questions of you guys out there, too, about this, you know, with the Ducks going forward here. Um, you know, what What should they do? Um, you know, it doesn't seem like they're playing the optimal lineup, like you said. Um, Backus probably isn't going to play that many more games, if any, uh, with the Ducks, it seems like, this season. Um, the Ducks were looking towards the, obviously got to deal with the expansion draft. We're looking at the draft lottery. Where are they going to end up? And I think part of that is a poll question we had. And I thought this was really interesting because, you know, the Ducks playing the Kings four times this week. And wanted to see what people thought about that and put the poll question out there. You know, do, do you want the Ducks to keep losing, basically, and try and get in that higher uh, draft position, right? Because, obviously, just because you're the worst team in the league doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get that first pick. And so we asked that question. And and the voting was almost even, Eddie. I, I was like, oh, wow. like Because, you know, we always project some of these polls and we're like, oh, what are they going to do? Uh, it's going to be one way or another, but a lot of it was uh, a split. And you guys, just a little more than 50% want the Ducks to keep winning and, and even beating L.A. And then just under 50% are like, no, you guys want to lose and get that higher draft position. So I thought it was interesting. Um, 
bunch of comments on there. I mean, I'm even torn on this. I mean, I don't like losing to the Kings. I know that these games don't matter in terms of the standings and everything, but they do matter in terms of pride. It's tough. I, I want the Ducks to be in a higher draft position, like we talked about. It's it's they're battling it out. Buffalo, New Jersey, or you know, they, it's them three right now, kind of. I mean, it could change. There's some other teams that may jump in there, but but what do you think, Eddie? The fans seem to be pretty split on this. Oh yeah, it's kind of and you know, I and I kind of going with the fans that that want them just to kind of not not necessarily tank. That's like the wrong word to use, but just I wouldn't mind them losing. I don't mind when they lose. It just. And like I said, I want at least one win against the Kings this week, minus the two games I'm going to, but one win, preferably tonight, because I have money on this game with my buddy, who is a Kings fan. But um, yeah, I, I just I want the first overall pick. I think that would be something the Ducks need, especially to, to, to bolster their lineup and kind of expedite this, this, this rebuilding process, and that helps. I, I don't want to see the Ducks every season just be in the position they are right now. And honestly, a, a part of me too, and I think this is probably the main reason, and not just because of the first overall pick, uh, potentially getting. But the more games we lose, and they're dead last, even you know, dead last in the league, and Buffalo leaps frogs uh, over them, and they're you know takes that thirtieth spot in the league. A team like Buffalo, maybe it might get some heads rolling, and maybe it might get people fired. Maybe ownership would kind of like wake up and come out of their shell and do what's necessary to make this team better. And that's get rid of of the GM, get you know, and rebuild from there at the top. Obviously, you're rebuilding with players, and this might put a little bit of pressure on them. Especially at, that Buffalo was really, really bad. They were terrible, and everyone had them locked at, at being dead last in the whole entire league. Now that you know they're only two points away from the Ducks at 33, and the Ducks 35. So I think my main determination and, and really motivation for not caring if the Ducks lose these games is hopefully it gets the ownership to, to kind of step up and and fire the people in management positions and bring in other fresh new blood that can revive this team and, and make this team better and make this team different, a different culture, and not just have someone that's going to say what you want to hear but not really prove it with actions. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because one of the comments we had on the poll was from uh, Joseph Roba, and he said what you said. He's like, whatever gets uh, Bob and Dallas fired the quickest. So there's there's people out there that <laughs> share your sentiment. They're like, well, if we lose, yeah, it, it sucks because it's against the Kings. But if we're going to be in a higher draft position and it gets rid of those two, then I'm all for it. So that that's I'm not saying that that's my opinion, but that's what some are saying. We have other people like we have Amanda on here that's saying, "Hey, the Ducks never win the lottery anyways." So, you know, what's the point of losing? We had mixed some other people mixed. We had um, uh, Patrick, he says, "I don't mind losing, but basically he wants to split some of these four games uh, against the Kings." Um, you know, people are talking about Owen and, and, and trying to go for him and the draft lottery. Is he going to be the number one? If other people saying, yes, tank, you know, go big for the draft. Uh, then there's other people that are uh, on here talking about, you know, it's more of a pride thing. I, I rather, hey, you know, you know, losing is one thing, but I, I rather maintain uh, pride before pick, which is what uh, Eddie Hernandez said. On here too, so you got kind of a mix uh, of emotions on here. I know one thing for sure: you and I are going to be at the game on Friday and Saturday. They better win at least one of those two, Eddie. Oh yeah, they definitely. If not, we're, we're not going to leave that rink or until we talk to Bob Murray himself. We're going to be at the door pounding, probably get arrested. But oh well, 
it'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's where I'm at. I mean, I don't want the Ducks to lose all four of these games. I, if they do, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, yes, there'll be higher draft position most likely, but we got to at least win some of these against LA. That's where I'm at. So interesting though. You guys had a lot of mixed emotions out there. It was interesting reading your comments and whatnot. Another poll that we did. Um, that we put out there was about the reverse retro jerseys. We talked about the Ducks did wear that uh, recently in one of the games. But for a lot of you out there, if you didn't know, there was kind of two different versions, a very slight difference. Some have the nameplate, some don't have the nameplate. If you remember in the original Wild Wing jersey, there was no nameplate. And the Ducks have worn this new one twice with and without. So we asked you guys, what did, what did you think? Should they have a nameplate or no nameplate? And overwhelming in this one. And again, this one, I I don't think this is a big deal. But 80% of you said that they should have a nameplate on the reverse retro jersey. So I thought that was interesting. This was one of the ones that I thought, ah, this isn't a big deal of a poll question. You know, people won't have a strong opinion. <laughs> I guess I was wrong, Eddie. But that people really like the nameplate on the reverse retro jersey. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Oh, yeah, I agree with them. I think the nameplate, it's cleaner. It looks nicer. Uh, I like the way it was, it was positioned. Um, without the nameplate, just the font. Yeah, I know they're keeping to the original roots, but it just didn't look right to me. I didn't. I didn't like it. That's why when I, when I bought my reverse retro jersey, I bought the jersey kit with the nameplate because I didn't like the way it looked. And some people were like, when I posted on it, I posted it. They're like, oh well, no, it, it's not going to be like the ones they were on the ice. I'm all, I don't care. Like I, I don't. I want it to look good for me because I bought the jersey. So I was kind of glad that they added that nameplate for the second game. I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I, like, it makes the jersey look a lot better. I, I like it with the, with the nameplate. So I need to get my jersey kit sewn on uh, so I can hopefully have it sewn on for this week, week weekend if I wear the reverse retro jersey. But I did get the Wild Wing 93 uh, as, as my uh, number and my name on there. So hopefully I can get that, that sewn on. But yeah, I, I, I like that, that little design thing. I, I just didn't like it how it was when they played Colorado. I, I'm with you. I, I like the name bar or plate as well. So uh, just interesting. A lot of people, you know, people get, you know, intense about their jerseys. So a couple of poll questions we had. We thank you for, you know, always the participation or whatnot on those. Um, real quick, we'll do a little update kind of on the expansion draft. We're, we're going to you know, like have a full blown thing on this in the off season. But we did talk about this a little bit on the last show. And then Eric Stevens put out an article on this on The Athletic. So I just kind of wanted to put in what he said. And then we'll really go into it on another show. Um, but I thought it was interesting because he talked about in this expansion draft, you have the two options. You have the seven forward, three defensemen, and one goalie. And then you can also do the eight and one. Uh, option that one you can pick eight skaters whatever you want but you can only do eight so if you're going to do 10 you can max protect three defensemen um, but on this other format you can do eight whatever you want he talked about this i'll kind of just go over it real briefly if you didn't read the article on the athletic i thought it was interesting eddie and i on the last show talked about the issue with the defense uh, eric stevens thinks that the ducks should protect fowler and lindholm we agree then the question is, is Manson, Flurry, and Shattenkirk, what are you going to do if you're going to protect one or two? And you could protect more, by the way. It could, you, know, you could protect uh, five or six defensemen under that 8-1 format. But most teams uh, you know, usually go with four. So there was that issue. 
that came up on the defense. Then you look at the offense. He talked about protecting Jones, Raquel, and Terry. And then, you know, you have to kind of figure out after that who you're going to go and protect Lundstrom, Steele, Volkoff, you know, depending on if the Ducks do the 7-3-1 format or the 8-1. The interesting thing about all this is I think it's changed a little bit, Eddie, uh, as far as Henrique we know is on a bad contract. We think we'd expose him. But now with the Silverberg injury, kind of why I want to talk about this, I think you expose him too. I don't know that Seattle would take either one of those two players. But now it kind of makes it a weird situation that maybe that 7-3-1 and one isn't necessarily what the Ducks are going to go for. Um, we, we talked about in the last show that they might want to protect Manson and then Fleury or Shattenkirk to make you know at least four defensemen. Um, just kind of curious what you think now that we have a little bit more information. Like we said, we'll, we'll do a f- full-blown show on this after the season. But from what Eric said and now Silverberg being injured, what do you think about the two formats? I mean, you think it's still up in the air or do you lean towards one or the other? Uh, I have no idea right now. I, I don't – I can't see them taking a chance on Silverberg. We talked about that a little. It's just too many factors for them. Uh, his play – his 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 surgery it just i i, I don't know it's it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting and we really have to dive deeper into this once that time comes uh things can change who knows there might be a a, a side deal ready in place that Murray set up with the Kraken and and hasn't been announced yet until that time comes but it's just there's a lot of factors to play into this so it's going to be kind of it's it's going to be interesting to see but if we did lose Silverberg, it's it's gonna, I don't know. It's it's I guess it's too early to tell. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. I think, like you and I said, if the Ducks would have traded Manson at the expansion, or excuse me, at the trade uh, deadline, uh, then it would have been a little bit more clear cut because then you had Fowler, Lindholm, Ducks probably protect Flurry in there, go the seven three and one route. But now that you have Manson in the mix too, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to protect Fleury and expose Manson and Chattenkirk? Or are you going to protect Manson and Fleury? So I think that's a big problem that they've got to figure out uh, going on. Like I said, we'll have a big old show talking about all this. But in terms of the forwards, there's not really... I mean, yeah, Jones, Raquel, and Terry, as uh, Eric Stevens talked about, we agree on those as well. You, you want to keep those guys. But... There's not really seven forwards that the Ducks absolutely have to protect. I, I don't even know if there's six. I mean, if they lose some of these other forwards, it's not like the end of the world. So it's something that we'll dive into uh, coming up. We'll talk about the goalie situation too. Uh, that that It might make all this mute. Uh, Stolarz has been playing well. Yeah, he didn't have a great game against the, the Kings, but he had great games against San Jose. He's going to have some more games up in here uh, with some of the other choices out there. Um, the Ducks, uh, you know, may lose him. I, you know, it's going to be interesting. Or like you said, if Murray has a deal set up in place. But we'll dive into that in the offseason. Just kind of wanted to give a little update since Eric Stevens talked about it. Kind of what he's feeling as who should be protected or not. And he kind of weighed uh, back and forth between the 7-3-1 and one, and then the 8-1 and one as uh, we're discussing here. So keep your eye out for that, the expansion draft, uh, and we'll dive into that. The other part is the free agency. A lot of you had questions about that. Uh, almost all the fan questions we had, um, you know, we had uh, what big moves do you want to see this off season? Uh, from Ryan FAW on Instagram, we had Adam T Town asked almost a similar thing. Uh, Roska David asked the same thing about the Ducks making changes. 
Luke Brown. I mean, almost all these questions from you guys <laughs> have been, what are the Ducks going to do in the offseason? And I, I mean, obviously the expansion draft plays into this, right? Who's going to get picked up? Who's going to get taken? But the Ducks have a lot of stuff they got to figure out, unfortunately, uh, coming up. If you look at just the forwards alone, the Ducks have a lot of RFAs in there. You've got Lundstrom, Jones, Steele, Comtois, Volkov, and Heinen. So they've got to figure out what they're going to do with those players. Obviously, they own the rights being RFAs. You also have to consider Getzloff. What's going to happen? He ended up not getting traded at the dead, uh, deadline. Um, he, it sounds like he wants to stay in Anaheim. It sounds like he wants to come back. Uh, what is he going to come back at? Is it going to be a one-year deal like Tay Mussolini? Is it going to be a two- or three-year deal? How much is it going to be? I mean, it's not going to be $8 million. I can tell you that right now. Um, so th- that's another thing the Ducks are going to have to iron out. So it's hard to say, but whatever the Ducks do in the offseason, for me, if they're going to try to protect the defense, if they're going to keep Fowler, Lindholm, Manson, Fleury, and work on that. Gibson and Nett, obviously, he's protected. He, they're not going to expose him. You know, the Ducks need some offense. Uh, I mean, Comtois is the one that's been killing it. We've seen some spurts of greatness from Volkov. Um, Raquel, like we said, ha- had some awesome uh, point streak there earlier. But, you know, Silverberg going down, we don't know how he's going to be. Uh, Henrique's been up and down. He's kind of come up a little bit more lately. It's going to be tough. I, I think for me... They got to figure all the stuff out with these other forwards and what they're going to do. But the Ducks have to go and add someone on offense. I mean, again, we'll dive into that more in the summertime. But, but what do you think, Eddie, as far as uh, you know, trying to make a move and trying to sign all these other players uh, come the offseason? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I was going to ask you, Mike, like, what do you think would be fair? Obviously, it's going to be a one-year deal, but what would be fair to bring back Getzloff as like, on? You know, I think that's a tough thing. I think that's a great question. I mean, if he's going to come back on a one-year deal and and not, you know, uh, basically have it as a two or three-year, I mean, you're not going to pay him $8 million. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, there's just no way. Even he knows that, too. Yeah, right? I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I, I would like if they did bring him back to bring him back at a two or three year deal. But if they're going to do a one year deal, I for me, honestly, I think it's going to be somewhere in the two or three million range. That That's what I'm kind of looking at for a one year deal. I, I don't think they would do that. I think they would try to get him for a couple more seasons. But that's where I'm at. What, do you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think one year deal works for both parties. I don't think he wants to sign that long term yeah it's not long term two three years goes by quick but i don't think he he wants to be locked in for that one term and if he's willing to to take a deal somewhere else at the trade deadline for a chance to win a cup maybe that maybe a possibility for him especially he's winding down his career i would say i i would be happy 3.54 million maybe it's a little bit of an overpayment but you're kind of paying, I don't know, I guess I'm using, I guess I'm basing my thing on more emotion than anything by adding that, like that 3.54 million, because you're kind of paying for the player that he's done, he's everything he's done. But like, I think it's more leaning toward what you said. Um, I don't know. And you know what, we're talking about this too. Who knows if he comes back? Who knows if he just thinks that, okay, well, you know, this is it. I'm going to just spend the like rest of my time with my family. Or he, he might take any, something lower. Like he's made enough money in his career. Um I'm sure 
that he'll be back with the organization sometime in the future. I can't see him not being part of the Ducks organization. Obviously, like some kind of other role he can take, but it's just, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, it's gonna be, it's, yeah. I'm kind of like I drew a blank right now because I was like thinking about this right, right, real quick. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird to see the Ducks without Getzloff, regardless of. His play decline, he's not the same player he was. It's still just going to be weird for someone that I grew up watching him. I saw him as a rookie. We saw him you know, take the torch and be the captain. He's he's probably one of the best captains in the league. It's going to be kind of kind of not upsetting, but kind of sad to see when that time comes to an end. Oh, I, I agree. You know, it's a, it would be an end of an era whenever he does decide to retire, uh, like you said. If he does come back, here's some of the numbers. Uh, talking about Tamu, obviously, because he came back one year uh, for several years. Not saying that they're the same player. Obviously, they're a little bit different. But just just for some numbers to throw out there, if you're like wondering, well, what how much was Tamu each year? So, 2010, 11, it was just over three million. Uh, the following season, four million, then four and a half, and then the final season was two million, and that's per uh, cap friendly. So that's kind of that's why I think you know maybe two, three, or like like you said, maybe the highest is at four, um, somewhere in that range is what I would I would suspect if he comes back um, to the Ducks. So, like I said, the Ducks have a lot to think about in the off season. I have to figure that out. Uh, in terms of cap, they're going to have some some numbers come off, like you said, with Kessler's contract and whatnot. But then you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do uh, with Getzloff and then all these RFAs. So I, I would go with that first, and then we'll we'll dive into you know free agency and all that when it gets a little bit closer. But uh, we'll wrap up the show with the last segment. We have a little bit of league news out there. Eddie, I know you wanted to talk about there's some Jersey advertising update and then also some broadcast news with uh, NBC as well. Okay, yeah. So the Sports Journal put out that uh, Jersey ads can begin as early as the 2022-23 season, but nothing's been approved yet. I I think it's just a step in the wrong direction. Yeah, I get it. You want to capitalize and make the most money possible, but I think the league is kind of using the pandemic as an excuse to make this change. Uh, so they can use uh, just I guess ease fans into it like the like the helmet idea was supposed to just be to, to get some revenue back from the lost revenue they did for uh, because the pandemic had to shut down but now those are going to stay and those are going to be permanent like I said they would be and I said this is going to help them transition to jersey advertisements so it, it's coming it, it's just now these conversations are coming up more and more and, and there's nothing you can do to escape it I think it's sad that the league is having resorting to that. It's sad how the league is kind of trying to be like the NBA, trying to be like the NFL, trying to be like Major League Baseball. That's uh, the stuff that they do. I always thought that the NHL was something special because they were always different from those those other leagues. They never really got into the same stuff that other leagues get into. But now they're just trying to piggyback and monkey see, monkey do, do everything the other leagues are doing. And I think it's sad. Like even – Basketball is not even my my sport that I watch. I watch it with my buddy a lot. He's a big Lakers fan, and we kind of he watches the hockey games with me. So I watch the basketball games with him, and it's even annoying for me to see these basketball jerseys with those advertisements on them. Like, and they're real small, but it still just makes the jerseys look like crap. Like, I I don't like seeing that. I, I don't know. I just think that the hockey jersey is something special. You're ruining the integrity of the jersey. But the way this league is going, it just doesn't surprise me anymore. The league is watered down and hasn't been as fun as i've watched in the in the recent years and it's just sad to see that this this is going to get approved and i'm telling you this right now there's no way in how i'm ever going to wear 
a jersey with with some company sponsor unless you're going to pay me to do that to pay me to walk around with your advertising yeah I'll, i have adidas stuff and that adidas logo but that's the maker of the jersey that's different for me i guess i guess it's more of a not really pride but i i don't know maybe i'm just, just too hard-headed and stubborn but if i buy an authentic jersey has an advertisement i'll just take it somewhere and have that thing removed or just cover it because i'm not going to be rocking your advertisement I, I think it's just it's it's bad business and it's just going to cause the more you just I don't know. You're you're yanking your your dedicated and loyal fans away by some of the the stuff that you've been doing the recent years. So that's just my take on it. No, nah, I'm I'm with you. I don't like it at all. I it, I'm really curious to see if they do do this. What happens when you order a jersey? Is it going to come with all these logos on it? Because like you, I, I got some friends. I'll take it to them, and they'll take all that crap off because I'm not walking around with a bunch of logos on my jersey. I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm buying the jersey because I'm representing whatever team I'm buying in the NHL. But I, I'm not going to buy stuff to walk around with you know these other little banners on there for these other companies. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not really happy with it. We'll we'll see as it develops. Um, you know, since they can start, but what do you, what else, Eddie? Oh, then yeah, I, I think because my buddy bought a, a Lakers one and it came with that that advertisement on it on his authentic jersey. So if I'm, I'm assuming if if the hockey goes this direction, if when you buy your authentic jerseys, it'll have that advertisement on there. Yeah, then then I'm gonna have my buddies take it off, <laughs> or I won't, or or I won't buy the jersey unless it's a certain special jersey or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, just. You have to buy those those, those fanatic version jerseys. Yeah, I'm sure they won't have the ads on there. Yeah, save save me money. I guess that that'd be cool. That's a, that's a positive. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. So, and then what about broadcasting? We we uh, you know heard some stuff being changed. We knew ESPN is is going to be covering some of the games next season. But uh, what's going on with NBC, Eddie? We got some news on them. Well, they pulled out of the bidding war for the I guess the league's second package. They've been. Uh, airing games since the 2005-2006 season they're not going to be carrying games anymore maybe that's a positive for some fans because we we all know it gets annoying some of the 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 commentary of nbc gets annoying but i'm kind of curious to see who's going to take over that that spot Uh, i know uh, tnt was in the mix and a lot of people saying tnt is going to be that second one but we have to wait and see i guess Uh, but yeah, the only positive thing about this, uh, NBC won't be airing games when they when they air the the one Ducks game. Probably they they air a year. They won't say gets laugh anymore. I want to hear that crap because that gets annoying when every time NBC like all these years they've been airing Ducks games, they can't even say gets laugh's name correctly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they won't have gets laugh on there anymore. So <laughs> you know we won't, we won't have to deal with that. But. I, I just hope that stuff, you know, we've already talked about this. Oh, what a shame it's been. Certain people can't watch certain games and whatnot. You have Bally Sports now. Uh, I have it through AT&T, so I haven't had an issue, but I know other people have had an issue. I, I just hope that this doesn't get like certain other sports where it's like you have to have this provider or this package and that's it. I mean, it's already going that way anyways, and, and people are having to go find these streams online and stuff like that and do stuff, but... If it gets even worse by this, then I'm just not going to be happy, Eddie. Oh, yeah, and it's coming, Mike. You can't stop it. I've called out – I studied a few of these things, and like I mentioned before, I called out what these streaming services are going to start doing. They're going to start airing episodes and not just putting the full ones. And a lot of their logic behind it is they're saying that they don't want 
they don't want their consumers to be binge watching because that's unsafe for them. They don't give a damn about that. They want you to keep the subscription and they release these episodes knowing that you're going to keep it week in and week out to finish the series. And as far as Bally's too, I, I think that's the unfortunate situation. That, that, that was just F the fans pretty much. They don't care about the fans. They just care about capitalizing on what they're going to do next. And I guarantee come next season or the season before that, they're going to make this partnership with ABC and that Peacock streaming service. And you're, you're only going to be able to watch games if you have the Peacock streaming service with, with Bally's. And I can see that coming in the near future, it's just gonna it's gonna be make it harder to watch these games, and especially for Ducks fans. Yeah, terrible season this season, but I'd be even more mad if I wasn't able to watch these games because I had to jump through hoops to get a service provider. Like I had to get Spectrum just just to watch these games, and that was kind of annoying. But it's just it's the way it is, and and like I said, honestly, if I wasn't covering these games for Ducks and Pucks, I wouldn't have even wasted my time getting Spectrum. I just wouldn't have watched the games or or caught the games at the gym or or whatnot. But it's just ridiculous that fans have to go through all this to try to watch a game, and and these companies are just kind of taking advantage of fans, knowing that you know with life goes on and, and stuff that that people deal with each day, like they come back and they their comfort zone sports, and a lot of people are gonna just gravitate that and make them more money and spend more money to watch these sports. It's just sad to see that way. You want to grow the sport and the league's not doing anything to stop these broadcasting companies from doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. They're, they want to make money. I get it, but you know, you're trying to limit the audience uh, or at least get money from a certain portion of that audience uh, which, you know, some people are going to pay. They're going to be like, oh, I got to get this service. I don't care. I'll just sign up for whatever and do it. But like you said, you get locked down, like with these certain shows and certain things like that, where you get the episodes and that's how you have to go and watch stuff now. And then, of course, they have their advertisements and whatnot. It just seems like it's almost a shift. Like It's not just hockey. It's just everything. It seems like there's a big shift. There's certain shows that my wife and I like to watch. And it's like, you got to have uh you know paramount uh, app on your smart tv now to watch that or you've got to have the espn app for this and that and it's just like it's ridiculous it's like i can't buy a damn tv get one service provider and then decide the level of the package i want even then if you decide what package you want certain channels aren't included in certain ones because that way they make you go buy the more expensive one it's like we're not stupid we know what you guys are doing uh, but it's frustrating because unless everybody says no and they don't buy it, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just not I'm not looking forward to it. I, I'm with you, too. It, it's it's frustrating when you're, you're, you know, you're covering the team, you're watching the team or doing the stuff that we do on, on the website and the podcast. And fortunately, I do have the current, you know stuff that i can watch the games but if it changes in the future you know and the the bottom line is you're just hurting the the everyday average fan so um, and even if you're trying to make hockey more exclusive to people you're trying to get a different fan base you're trying to get the the, i guess the non-traditional fans to watch but you're making it harder for them to watch you have to jump through hoops just to watch a a game you watch the ducks game watch the kings game or kings play i'm saying that because we're in southern california you're just making it impossible for them to watch and become fans of that sport because you're, you're just not stepping in and making these games easier to watch. Like, like I said before, my buddy has basketball on all the time. It's so easy for him just to, to no matter what service provider he has, just, just throw on a game that, that you're just like always on, just like regular TV and stuff. 
But hockey, for some reason, they make it impossible. You don't believe me? Try to get NHL Network and see uh, see if you can get that on some of the platforms that you have. That's that's even even worse impossible to try to get that. Yeah, I, I mean that's the frustration uh, on this, and I don't see any answer to it. I mean we're just kind of slaves to whoever the programmers and the companies are, unfortunately. So. Like we said, we'll just keep you know uh, seeing what happens next season. You got ESPN coming into the fold. We'll see what the NHL does as well. I mean, advertising and and now limiting who's going to watch what. I, I just don't I don't like the direction of any of that stuff at all. So um, we have a couple more things just to wrap up the show here. Uh, your favorite uh, Patrick Waugh. Uh, came out said he had hired an agent for a possible return to a coaching job or working in an office executive position. So what do you think about that? We talked about your other team earlier in the show. What do you think about uh, Patrick Waugh? Um, <laughs> if he comes back to the Ducks, right? Yeah, no, just kidding. He's not going to come to the Ducks. But what do you think? You think he's going to land a spot somewhere in the league? Oh, yeah, someone will take a chance. And I still have the uh, bad blood. Like, he's he's part of, like, my all-time favorite player. Him and Solani are just like, up there, my all-time favorites. But just the way he left Colorado, kind of just bounced out right before the season started, I, I didn't like that. But he, he'll, he'll definitely get some kind of coaching job or some kind of office job, maybe a GM position. Who knows? It's been having success with Tampa and Detroit, and their former players turned GM, and also Colorado, Sackick over there. Uh, I wish him the best of luck. I, I, like I said, I still have that bad blood about how he just dropped Colorado like that. But he's still like one of my all-time favorite players. So he'll definitely get a job. If we get the Ducks, that'd be awesome. But I, I highly doubt it's going to happen. But, but I, as of right now, I'll take anyone taking over that GM spot. I'll take some of the fans taking over that GM spot than what we have right now. <laughs> and then uh, lastly, you know, the Ducks played the Sharks. And it's uh, Patrick Marlowe. Uh, you know, past Gordie Howell for the all-time games played. This is uh, is going to be his farewell tour. Um, what did you think about that? As far as uh, Marlowe setting that record, that's pretty amazing. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, passing Gordie Howell's record, it almost seems impossible. I can't believe a player like he he can play that many games and nothing but respect to him. Stick taps to him. The battles all those years against the Ducks. It's just. He, he he deserves it. He just, he's gonna deserve this farewell, this break. But he just it's it's really motivating, and inspiring, seeing him just love the game so much that he just spent all this time and that many games playing. And I don't think it's it's gonna be a, a hell of a long time before anyone ever gets close to passing that. Yeah, that's amazing. And you saw the Ducks. We, we didn't talk about earlier, but when they played San Jose, Getzloff and a bunch of the guys went up, congratulated Marlow at the end of that last game that they played. So, you know, class act by the Ducks, obviously, uh, doing that in that last uh, contest. And, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's an amazing record. Uh, you know, 1,768 games. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, you know, maybe we'll see it Sometime in our lifetime, I don't know. That's a tough record to pass. So um, with that, we'll pretty much wrap up the show. I know this one was a little bit longer than we thought. Uh, I didn't think there was going to be a lot, but uh, plenty to talk about. We'll have another one either right before the end of the season. We, we might do one when Eddie and I are hanging out against these Kings games or whatnot. We'll definitely have one recapping uh, the season at the end. Um, we did give away some tickets to one of our Patreon uh subscribers Cheryl Watt she got tickets to the last game that we had here against Vegas also our giveaways from Mercury Insurance we had uh, Sean Solomon he got the Lindholm puck and Jessica Linehan she got the Getzloff jersey just to let you guys know so we had those winners that we gave out and also 
Check out uh, manscaped.com, another uh, one of our sponsors. Uh, you can use Ducks and Pucks as a code word there and get a discount and free shipping as well. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back in a little bit, have another show um, covering the Ducks. We'll see if they uh, can beat the Kings in some of these games. We'll see what kind of draft position they end up as well. So um, with that, we'll catch you next time. Let's go Ducks.